couple years down the road, you wake up on a, a Monday morning. You don't really, you don't really have anything on the docket, you know, just kind of a lazy Monday. Those kind of days are nice every now and then, you know? Yeah. So you, uh, you wake up, you don't need an alarm. You roll over and in bed next to you is somebody who you haven't seen in a long, long time. There's a three foot tall powder blue teddy bear sitting in bed next to you. Uh, she's like looking at you. She has like, like big long eyelashes. Her eyes are kind of like red and glossy. She, uh, like her, her fur looks like disheveled and, and matted in places. She looks old and she sees you and she just like sits straight up. And it turns out like your imaginary friend from when you were a kid is sick. She looks at you and she says, Sarah, oh my God. She goes, what's it been? 20 years. You see tears stream down her face. You, you say, it's been at least that long. Betty Blue. <laughs> Her name is Betty Blue. She's a three-foot-tall blue teddy bear. And when you were like a little kid, you had you had this imaginary friend. She was a three-foot-tall blue teddy bear, and you like she was always around, you know. And you like she was always three feet tall. She never got bigger, never got smaller, and really, she like looked after you a lot when you like were smaller than she was, and then as you like you know, grew up as a kid, you became more, uh, you know, independent and, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't need somebody looking over you. She became more of a friend and, uh, you know, you guys went on like a lot of cool adventures. this was just fully an imaginary friend, not a stuffed animal. Correct. Your imaginary friend is a stuffed animal. I'm imagining a stuffed animal or I'm imagining a three foot tall blue bear. It's a it's a three foot tall blue stuffed animal teddy bear. Okay, I'm so I'm imagining Ted. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure about Ted's how big Ted is, but this is like I think, I think Ted's about that tall. Well, then it's probably pretty close. I don't know if they're related. I don't. I wouldn't. So presume my my imaginary related. friend is Seth MacFarlane's Ted. No, it's like a it's just it's just like a a blue teddy bear. You know, it certainly isn't okay. Ted. You know, she okay. is much more civilized than Ted. Betty Blue is not Ted. Betty Blue is not Ted. Betty Blue was there to like watch over you when you were very, very young and uh, was really like one of your first friends when you really learned about like, uh, you know, interpersonal relationships and when you started exploring that as a young person. Cool. And then, um, you know, through just like therapy. And stuff like that. And, you know, just growing up, 
Betty uh, Betty Blue just kind of got pushed to the back of your brain. She sees you in bed. She kind of looks around and she goes, where are we now? Do you tell her? Uh, we're in L.A. She smiles and she says, we must have done good, huh? And she kind of coughs. <laughs> right? Uh, just coughs. Yeah, you see just like a dust ball kind of come out of her mouth. And she goes, do you have a trash can? Yeah, uh, I got her the one from the bathroom. You you bring it over. She drops this dust ball in the trash can. She goes, look, I'm going to level with you. I'm not well. I need you to take me to the doctor. She says, uh, if you don't, I'll be lost forever. And you, uh, you look at, you look at, uh, you look at Betty Blue sitting in the, in the bed. So, uh, sad. So like helpless, you know, and you think about all the good times that you guys had. Like one time you went on a field trip when you were in like uh third grade. And Betty Blue, like, kept trying to open up, like, an imaginary package of beef jerky and just made, like, a ton of noise, you know? All right, and everybody was, like, looking around, and, like, you were just so worried that, like, everybody was going to hear it, but nobody could, but you didn't you didn't know, you know? But it was just so fucking loud. And you, you told her, you're like, Betty, Betty Blue, be quiet. And your teachers are like, Sara, stop talking. You got in trouble a couple times, you know, you guys just, you served a couple detentions with Betty Blue because you guys weren't like, you weren't mm. bad. You were just kind of rascally, you know, you did some rascally totally. stuff every now and then. And you look at her laying on, on the bed. She looks like she's, you know, like uh, falling apart. You see like the glue from one of her eyes is like loosening. She goes, look, I yeah, don't have let's much go time. To the, let's go to the let's go to the hospital. So you're gonna take uh you're gonna take her to the imaginary doctor. The imaginary doctor yeah. is in a, a, a strange part of town. It's called Softville. Okay. It's like a it's just like a little bit away. You have to follow the black star to get there. So you uh you follow the black star to Softville. It's a strange place. Every single Sunday when the sun rises, every resident of Softville has to meet in the town square. They have a uh, they have a giant statue of a celery stalk and the celery stalk has like arms and legs and it is hauling ass. And everybody like everybody meets around around there and uh as soon as the celery stalk casts a shadow longer than the physical structure is tall, everybody can go inside. So it's like a strange fucking place, you know? So wait, hold on. Yeah. They come out in the morning. Mm -hmm. Every single Sunday morning. Every single Sunday morning. Pre-dawn. They come out when it's dark, pre-dawn, yeah. and then the sun rises. Yeah. W wouldn't... Wouldn't its shadow immediately be longer than it? You would think so. The sun is rising. You would think so, but this and the then shadow it would shorten of this, as it got closer to noon. The shadow of the celery statue 
uh, doesn't work that way. It only gets longer wow. as the sun gets higher in the sky. And then does it get, sh- when does it shorten? It just kind of turns off. It just like grows all day. <laughs> and then when the sun sets, it's just gone. Okay, so it it doesn't even cast a shadow until until. Um, I mean, it's probably, it depends on the season. You know, it can be anywhere from like 20 minutes after sunrise to like uh, 90 minutes or more. It's it's really just like a seasonal okay. thing. Okay. So it's sure. just, a, it's a fucking weird place. So you, uh, you get in your car. You follow the black star. You, you get a, uh, Betty Blue gives you like a, like a business card. It's like an old faded card that looks like it's made out of blue jeans cool it kind of like flops over in your hand and it says the imaginary doctor serving all humanoid creatures across the ethereal plane and there's an address four five six (laughs) shit streak drive Unit B. So you uh you take GPS there. It's like um on the way I say to Betty Blue Wait, is Betty Blue coming with me? Oh yeah, yeah Betty Blue's coming. Yeah. She's kind of in and I out say of to consciousness. Betty, okay, but when she's awake, I I go like uh more like unit BM, but she's maybe she doesn't really hear you, me. You say that and she looks at you and she goes <laughs> And she just coughs up like another huge, huge dust ball. And she she says, "Oh no, sorry. Could you uh, crack the window?" And you crack the window. She throws it out. A bird catches it in its mouth, and it, it chokes on it. <laughs> it dies right on the freeway. Holy shit! The whole thing takes like ninety seconds. It's fucking life is short and brutal. Wow. So you drive, uh, sort of, kind of an undetermined amount of time. To uh, four, five, six, shit street, shit, shit street drive. You pull in to an empty parking lot. It's like a like an office building. You walk up to the front. There's a left door and a right door. You got unit A, unit B. You go in unit B. There's like a like an elevator. There's only two floors. You get in the elevator, you press two, you're holding on to Betty Blue's hand, the door shut, and you remember another field trip that you guys went on, because you were like, just a little kid holding her hand, you know, you went to the, uh, the Badminton Hall of Fame of the West Coast. And yeah. it was just like, you know, just like a like a field trip, get kids out of school. It was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highlight of the day was watching the teacher blush just fucking turn red when somebody mentioned the word shuttlecock. Your teacher just went, oh, my, you know, and everybody just fucking laughed. Oh, man. But you went to the second floor there and you just Classic remember. moment. You, you just remember holding Betty Blue's hand as the elevator door shut. And it's the same feeling you get now. You take the ride up one set of, you know, one floor. The door opens. There's an office in front of you. 
It's like a glass pebble door. It says imaginary doctor treating all humanoid creatures across the ethereal plane. Do you go in? Yeah. You look at Betty who looks at you. She's like struggling to walk. You open the door, you go in and everybody there is just seated in a chair with their own imaginary friend next to them. So you're seeing like all kinds of imaginary friends. There's a guy, uh, there's a guy there who has like an eight foot long boa constrictor made of static. Uh, he's just hanging out there. There's another, uh, there's like a young guy with like a, like a cartoon hammer with like a big cartoon eyes and like cartoon hands and aren't like arms and legs. All of his fucking teeth are knocked out. So there's just like, just like a motley crew of, uh, of imaginary friends on the decline. So you're there for like 30 minutes. You check in. A nurse comes out. She says, uh, Betty Blue, you guys look up. You motion to her. You walk back in the back. You sit down in the exam room. A few minutes later, a doctor walks in. He's got on uh, like the like the card, like the fake glasses, nose, mustache combo. He's got it. He pulls him off. He kind of looks at you and he goes, look, this is real serious. He goes, there's a lot of imaginary friends dying lately. He goes, I don't know why. He uh, walks to the window, pulls a cigarette out from his pocket, lights it right there in the office. He goes, 33 imaginary friends have died in the last seven days. 33. He goes, normally that number is much lower. Four or five tops. He goes, but something's going on. He looks at you. He looks at Betty Blue. And he goes, I think we need some help here. He goes, Sara, would you be able to find somebody for me who might know more about this than I do? Who? He's like he turns to the uh, he turns to the window. He like pops it open a little bit more. Takes a long drag off the cigarette. He blows it through the open window. And he says, "Sara, we need a we need a member of the pickle clan." He goes, "I need you to find me a member of the pickle clan. I need you to bring him here." If you can't do that, Betty Blue and all these other people there, he goes, they're fucked. He screams and he goes, they're fucked. And then he just slams his hand right through the fucking window. I don't think I have a choice. I mean, why does he need the Pickle Clan guy? He goes on to tell you that the Pickle Clan is, uh, is an intelligence network. And that anywhere uh, in the world where there's a pickle, whether it's spear, chip, hole, relish if there's just juice they can hear the audio of what's going on but otherwise if there's a pickle of any kind anywhere they can see and hear what's going on and report that information back to pickles all across the globe wow so they're a worldwide intelligence network he goes somebody out there is hurting imaginary friends and we got to find out who it is so i just have to bring a pickle in to this doctor he goes 
you got to find one that's willing to talk. Because I need you to go to a. He goes. I need you to go to a restaurant that you're familiar with. You know something. Uh, okay. Something you might know, like a Denny's mm-hmm. or an Applebee's. He goes. I need you to go there and get a sandwich or a, a burger, perhaps. That'll probably that'll probably do it. They like to hang out there. He goes. It needs to be something accessible. Can I go to a deli? He uh, he kind of takes off the fake uh, glasses, nose, mustache combination again. He goes, Godspeed if you do. He goes, but you better act fast. Betty Blue just kind of coughs again. What comes out of her mouth this time is like stuffing. It's red. She looks Um, at you and she says, sorry. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go get a pickle. So you, uh, where would you go? Um, I uh, I'd probably go to like a, a falafel place. You I go think. to a, you go to a falafel place. Yeah, they always give you pickles if you get like a hummus plate. So you go there, right? You ask them for pickles on the side. The guy's like, yeah. "Okay, fine." So you order hummus plate, pickles on the side. You you kind of sit there for a minute and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You look across the street, you see the red glow of an Applebee's. You see that neon apple shining on the sign. And you think, you know what? Maybe I just gotta go. Would you cross sure. the street to the Applebee's? I mean, if the, if the if those pickles aren't talking, then yeah, I I, I might as well. You kind of sit there for a minute. I don't and you know. stare at the pickles. I'm uncomfortable. You're... I've never been to an Applebee's. I mean, but you've lived in America long enough. It's exactly what you think it is. You know? Okay, is it like Denny's? I mean, kind of. Yeah, you can't like commit Great. a crime at an Applebee's in the same way you can at a Denny's. You know, mm. you can get away with a lot at a Denny's. The Applebee's runs a little bit of a tighter ship. We were a Chili's family. I mean, they're they're a step below Chili's, I think. Like a, they're like a trashier Chili's. Mm. So you go into the Applebee's. You sit down at the bar. Bartender comes over and he goes, "Hey, uh, what can I get for you? What do you order? Uh, what do you have that has pickles with it?" He looks at you. He goes, "Well, we've got uh, you know, all of our burgers, sandwiches, uh, generally either come with pickles on them or on the side. Um, yeah, we don't really serve them in anything else. It's mostly burgers and sandwiches." Yeah, I'll I'll get a sandwich. He goes, "What kind of sandwich would you like?" He goes, "We've got a BLT. Uh, we've got a turkey panini. We got a grilled chicken sandwich. We have a seared tofu wrap. Uh, we have a uh, tuna melt. That's our special right now." I Any feel like I, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll do the turkey panini with the with pickles on the side, please. He goes, sure, pickle on the side. He goes, regular fries or sweet potato? Sweet potato. He goes coming right up. He does that thing where he like chops the menu on the counter, you know, chop chop. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. 
He's just coming right up. Chop, he's chop. thinking. He's thinking about. He's thinking about something else. He is. He just started seeing a new lady. Yeah, he's her thinking name, about it. Her name is uh, Deborah Malone, and she is a little bit older than the women he normally dates. But uh, they met each other one time at a bar doing karaoke. Their eyes met across a jukebox right before she went up and did uh, Black Velvet. They fucked in her car on the first night. Whoa! So they've—he's been thinking about her a lot lately. Okay, he's been chopping. Yeah. He's been chopping that fucking menu on the counter all day long. He's broken like seven he's or eight. He's not thinking about my turkey panini. He is no. thinking about Deborah. He's thinking about Deborah's panini. You know what I mean? That's right. So he uh, comes back a few minutes later with your turkey panini. It's got fontina cheese, sun-dried tomatoes. Spinach. It's got a side of French fries. There's a pickle spear on there as well. He well, uh, he drops it in front of you. He goes, you need anything else? Nope. Looks, I mean, can I, maybe I can get some ketchup. He, uh, he goes, yep, sure thing. He walks down to the end of the bar and he's he like you have your hand just kind of like sitting on the bar, you know, and he from yeah. like the other end of the bar slides uh, uh, like a bottle of Heinz 57. It just slides all the way down to the end of the bar and it lands perfectly in your hand. It fits wow. perfectly. Like there's like little finger grooves and your hand hits perfectly. <sighs> You know how like oh my in, God. you know how like the toys on like an action figure are like formed to fit. Yeah, yeah. It, it like a Lego like, hand fits exactly. over a Lego shovel it handle just kinda, or whatever. That ketchup just kind of oh. clicks into place. And then this you, guy you, is riding high. You look, you look at it, and you think, "What the fuck?" And you look up, and he is gone, dude. Wow. So you, uh, you're kind of like looking at this bottle of ketchup. What do you say? You look at the plate. I say that sandwich. He's gone. Yeah, he's you're alone. Okay, so I'm alone. Um, I say to the pickle, um, I need to talk to you. You don't hear anything. Um, what do I need to get from the pickle again? You need to you need to find out who's killing off all these imaginary friends. Um, okay. Uh, I, I tell the pickle, I tell, I tell the pickle, Hey, I got it. I got, I need to talk to, I need to talk to somebody. You, uh, nothing, nothing. You sit there for a second. You, uh, you smell a hint of dill on the air. Hmm. Kind of look around. You go, what the fuck? When you look back at the pickle. At the top of the pickle where the seeds are, it's like little like eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. the seeds like beneath it, they form like a smile. Mm-hmm. And you hear a voice go, who are you? I'm, I'm Sara. He goes, what do you want? I, I need to find out about um, who's killing the imaginary friends. You don't hear anything for like 15 seconds. You kind of like look around like is somebody else was somebody else talking. When you look back at this pickle, he has like a big set of cartoon eyes 
and his smile is now like a big, wide cartoon smile that extends well beyond his frame. And you know that you know that tuft at the end of a pickle, like at the tip of it. There's like that little tuft of where it like grows on the vine. Yeah, the stem. Yeah, you look at that, and it is jet black, and it's shaped into the thickest pompadour you've ever fucking seen in your life, dude. He's wearing like a greaser jacket. And uh, he goes, <laughs> hey, buddy, it's me, Bill the Dale. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, what can I help you out with, buddy? Um, I, I got to find out. Um, my imaginary friend is sick. I And there's lots of other imaginary friends that are sick. And I'm trying to help the doctor figure out what's going on. Will you will you come talk to him? He goes, imaginary friends are dying. He goes, this is no good. He goes, we need to see the doctor right away. Take me with you. Great. How, how do you get him out of uh, there? I, um, well, I'm going to probably eat the panini and the, and the fries. Yeah. And, um, you know, pay. And, so, so you would you eat, know. you would sit there and eat the panini? Y- yeah, I would. Well, you know, maybe I would, um, I would eat the fries there and then I would take the panini you're with eating, me you're eating the fries and bill's like hey uh this is kind of a serious serious thing here buddy can we can we get this I these mean, fries to go you know they're not really going to be good cold <laughs> he goes huh okay i'm on uh, okay okay I'm all right all right okay you're right you're, right you're right you're right you're right right so you gotta, i uh no you're right you're right right you get um, a to-go box i get a to-go box that way i comes pay back? and yeah, he comes back and he comes around the corner and he's like, uh, he's on his, he's like clearly on his phone, he's not even looking at you, and he he yeah. like uh, he goes, hey, uh, you need anything? And you're like, yeah, I need a box. And he just like walks around, grabs one. He's just not paying any attention. He's just on his phone texting, That's texting this. Fine, lady. I gotta get out of here. So you pay your tab, you get back in your car, you go to four five six shit streak drive. You walk back into the. Uh, do you, I mean, you have the, like the pickle in the to-go container? Um, probably I would put him in a cup and put the cup like in, you know, like one of those little plastic water cups, and then put the cup in my cup holder so that he could, you know, have a have a view. Yeah, you do that. And he, more he says, he says, thanks for not just sticking me in there in the dark. He was, he was the fries. No problem. Don't, thanks for the, help. He says the fries don't like me. All right, well, I'll eat them. He goes, when you do, let me watch. Okay. So um, you uh, I eat the fries while I'm driving. He's, you look down at him. His eyes are so fucking wide, dude. His eyes are so wide. His mouth, his smile has never been wider. You can like see okay, every single well, tooth. He is so happy that you're while eating he's like, while he's like really into this. I'm going to ask him. What do you? What's the deal with the pets? What do you know? About, not the pets, the friends. What's the deal with the imaginary friends dying? He says, "I need to take a look at one of them to find out more." He says, "But we'll figure okay, it out." All right. Okay. So, all so right. So you guys park. Well, you go into Unit B. You take the elevator up. You open the door, and you just like walk through right back into the exam room. And the doctor's standing there, and he goes, "Well," and you produce the cup, and you see a. Uh, you see the doctor and Bill kind of look at each other and they each go, oh, shit. 
at the same time in unison. And the doctor, the, the doctor's like, Bill. And Bill's like, Doctor. And uh, they kind of look at you and they both go, We've got a long history together. You know? Oh, so the Christ. doctor like grabs the cup and he kind of like turns around and you like, he's like talking to Bill for like several minutes. So it's a very heated discussion in the corner. Oh, and my God. at one point you hear him say, like, I'm a changed man, you know? So they're like having like a really deep discussion. A couple minutes later, uh, they, they kind of come back out. And they go, the doctor goes, look, uh, we're putting our differences aside. We need to figure this out. He sets a cup with Bill on a table. He, uh, he opens up a file and like shows him photos of like other imaginary friends, you know, he shows them your imaginary friend and, and Bill, like, like he moves the cup closer to her. And Bill's just kind of like looking around and he goes, give me one second. You see his eyes just go away. He just looks like a regular pickle again. And the doctor's like, don't worry. It'll be like, he's checking around. He'll be right back. Like 30 seconds later, he's back, right? You see his eyes open up. You see that big fucking smile. You see that jet black pompadour. And Bill, he looks right at you and he goes, I figured it out. There's somebody killing imaginary friends. He goes, Sara, we need you to we need you to take this person out. He goes, I know where he goes, I know where they are. He goes, if he says, if you can kill this person, all imaginary friends will be saved. Well, how how is that? How is this person killing them? Are they poisoning them? Uh, Bill goes on to tell you that it's like a it's like a magical thing. He's like going into the oh. realm of imaginary friends and killing them over there, and then they're dying on your side too. Okay, so. but I don't want to kill this guy. Bill says, "If you don't do it, they're all going to die, and then boys and girls everywhere will be left without imaginary friends." I think the collective psychic power of all children can overcome this this imaginary eating demon so you you tell him no right yeah i'm not going to just go kill this random guy cuz a fucking pickle told me to you uh you tell him no the doctor like looks at you with like his hands on his head and he he says to himself he just kind of mutters he goes we had one shot and he looks at uh, Baby Blue, and she just kind of like coughs. <laughs> she like hacks up another chunk of just her own stuffing. It's like wet and red. And you see her kind of look at you, tears form in her eyes, and she says, "I'm sorry, I missed out on so much." She holds her stuffed animal arm out to like touch your hand would you reach out and touch her oh of course you reach out and the moment before your hand touches that plush plush skin her arm falls limp she disintegrates right there on the table as soon as that happens you hear the screams of people from the from the uh from the uh, like the lobby, you know, from like the the waiting room, and you just run out of there, and you see just piles of ash and just people 
in hysterics, right? You think, holy fuck. And you, you leave, you run out of 456, uh, shit streak drive. You get in your car and you go home. And you're, you're just like, what the fuck just happened? What happened? There's like stories on the news about like children all over the globe are having like a, a negative reaction all at once. Uh, and, uh, the end, there's a video that surfaces on the internet from, uh, it's like a, it's like a, like a YouTube video. And it's basically, it's just a, it's a picture of you and there's a voice and it says, this person could have saved all the imaginary friends, but they didn't. And now look at us alone on our own hurting inside and then uh it posts your phone number address and email uh within 30 seconds the there's a fuck? knock on your door you look out and there is an there is an i mean this in every sense of the word a literal army of 8 to 12 year olds there and they all have like crude weapons they have like little league little league baseball bats uh they just have like a bunch of rocks and stuff one kid's got like a, a bb gun another kid's got like his dad's real gun uh and they all just come and they just beat the shit out of you for killing your imaginary friends <laughs> one by one they come in your door and you can just get an eight-year-old kick to the gut <laughs> the first one drops you the second one hurts you the third one brings you a little bit closer to to your like innermost point on your soul and then one after another they just stamp the life out of you <laughs> eight years eight to twelve years old one stomp at a time it takes so long it takes like 30 minutes but you just can't stop them there's so many of them <laughs> <laughs> you chose not to save the imaginary friends. And <laughs> you fucking died. God damn it. <laughs> I don't regret it. <laughs> that panini goes uneaten.